Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we come thanking you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We pray for the survivors of Hurricane Ida. We pray for the Turner family and the loss of their loved one. We continue to lift up my coworker, Michael. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the King of glory, Jesus Christ, amen. My friends, we're being bombarded by hundreds of ads each day, not to mention the text sent and received every day, along with conversations that affect us. We call the doctor's office to try to set an appointment, only to find out that the next opening is in three months. You react to that news. You get a call asking you to attend an event, and you react. You get to the checkout at the store and find out that you saved more money than anticipated. You react. In each of these examples, there is a response. Even when we are asleep, our brain is working to repair the body from all the responses that we've given it all day. We dream or have a nightmare. We try to recall the details, which is another form of feedback to a mind constantly in motion. As a young boy, I challenged my mind to find creative ways to mess with my young siblings. Being the oldest meant that I had plenty of test subjects. Growing up in a small town meant that you had to be inventive. Now I say all that to say that our minds are constantly at work doing something, whether it be good or evil. But God's word commands us at times to be still, to stop what we are doing or trying to do. Psalm 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. My Christian friends, the words be still means to be relaxed, to let hang down, to cast down. Here, it means not putting forth effort or exertion. In this context, it means leaving matters with God. How can we as a nation learn to be still? Well, the U.S. is the only top 30 nation based on wealth that does not require employers to give workers vacation time. Although it's part of the benefits package, it is not mandatory. That means some people work their entire lives with no vacation. And those that get vacation don't use it all. And if you're working all the time, there is no time to be still. I personally like going to the mountains to be still. If you want to steal your mind, you have to force yourself to unplug. I have a client who's going on vacation this weekend and taking her computer with her. We have become a nation tied to our cell phones and our laptops. Once, I set up a retreat at Chaco Springs, Alabama, and there are no televisions. I was not a popular man doing that retreat, but one of the goals of the retreat was to learn to be still. We must quiet our spirit so that we hear what God is saying to us. Trust me, he has a way of getting our attention. When Elijah was fleeing from Jezebel, he ended up in a cave. God asked him, What are you doing here, Elijah? As written in 1 Kings 19 and 9. God grabs Elijah's attention in 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12. It reads, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, 
the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. My Christian companions, God is not always in natural events. He is not in Hurricane Ida or the earthquakes that occur every day or the Northern California wildfires. Those events got our attention. And if you're in New Orleans with no electricity, you no longer have the daily distraction of cell phones, television, flashing signs, or other items that would interfere with hearing the voice of God. We have made our preoccupation our idols. Next time you go to a restaurant, take a look at the tables around you and how many people are on their cell phones. My friends, we all know someone who has to be in constant drama or else they feel as if they are not living. And when things are too slow, they create their own provocation to keep stuff going. This lifestyle is in opposition to the one promoted in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11, which reads, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands as we have commanded you. Folks, this lifestyle is not just limited to those who live in rural areas. It can be achieved in the city if you aspire to live a calm, peaceful, satisfied life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying to totally disconnect and sit in your room. I'm saying that when the thrill of the moment outweighs the moments with God, there is a problem. Yes, it is a lifestyle adjustment, but how can you hear what God is trying to share with you if you are only seeking pleasure in your life? When the adventure, the fun, the pleasure, or the sensation takes first place in your life, it is an idol. Breaking the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me, which is found in Exodus 20 and 3. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2 that we should pray for those in authority, our government, so that we can live a quiet and peaceable life. My friends, for the most part in the United States, we are able to live the peaceable life if we choose. I say for the most part because there are still those who cannot find peace due to the color of their skin or due to their religious beliefs or due to their socioeconomic status. The character traits of a godly woman are not promoted in today's society. 1 Peter 3 and 4 describes the inner beauty of a godly woman, which includes a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. My female Christian comrades, you should know that the way you carry yourself does not go unnoticed by God, even though it is overlooked by others. I encourage you to continue to be a God pleaser as you strive for peace in your house. Folks, peace and quiet are elusive when storms come into your life. We must remember that our enemy, Satan, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. One of the things that he wants to do is destroy your peace, your quiet mind, the tranquility that you enjoy when you're friends with God. Yes, storms will come into your life. Some of them you let into your life, such as a toxic relationship, a poor career decision, a bad financial choice, you're impatient when you move before God tells you to, and you're in action when God tells you to move. God knows these life storms distract from our relationship with him. Let him guide you while you're in the storm, when you come out of the storm, 
and as you go into the storm. We are quick to give God praise after he brings us out, but how much praise is given when we are in the middle or headed into the storm? When Jesus and his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee in Mark 4, verses 35 through 39, everything was peaceful, so peaceful that Jesus laid down to take a nap. When the sudden storm arose, the disciples panicked as the water filled the boat, and they woke Jesus up. Upon awakening, Jesus spoke to the wind and the sea and said, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was great calm. My brothers and sisters, let's look at how this scripture applies to us. Number one, you could be at peace while Jesus is with you. Number two, you can have storms come into your life even with Jesus at your side. Number three, Jesus is riding the storm with you. Number four, even though it may seem like Jesus is asleep or not even present, he is. Number five, you have permission to cry out to him for help. Bailing out the water from the boat was not the problem. The storm was the problem. Number six, Jesus wants to establish peace in your life. Will you trust him to do that? Or are you trying to do that on your own? Jesus wasn't worried. Why should you? And finally, my Christian friends, we are to live in unity with our Christian brothers and sisters. We are the church with Christ as the head. Just like me provoking my siblings, conflict arises in the church. But we are called to be peacemakers. Colossians 3 and 15 teaches, And let the peace of God rule your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. My friends, when peace rules us, we are able to listen to God. If you want the peace that only Jesus can provide, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for the peace that only you can give. Clear my mind of all distractions so that I only have you on my mind. Bless me with time to hear what you are saying to me. In the name of the one and only Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Before I sign off, I will ask you to do something. Turn everything off, make sure you are not disturbed, go to your quiet place and do this. Thank God for the quiet, ask God for what you need and what you want. Praise God now in advance of the blessing that's coming your way. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please share it with your friends, your family, your co-workers, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org and click on the Donate button. You may write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.